I will always remember when I was leaving the building on my last day, handing my pass in, thinking I'm not really sure what's going to happen after this. And that was terrifying and exciting at the same time, because I was so used to, even when I moved, even when I went off to comment from London to New York, I knew what I was doing. I'd already been to New York. I was moving on to an engagement team where I knew half of the team, so I was never concerned. And similarly, when I came back, I was not worried. I knew a number of the team members coming back in. But handing in your pass, handing in your laptop and going to an industry role where I didn't know anyone in the company, really by, by one person, was very scary and very hard. And, I, and I, I worked really hard at it when I went into it. And I did a lot of research to make sure I went to the right place because when I walked out of the building, I wanted to make sure that I was going to the right place and that it would work out for me. Hello, hello. How are you all? I hope you are having a really great week. I'm excited to be here chatting away to you. And for those of you that don't know me, I'm Alexandra von Burnett. I'm an executive coach and I'm the founder of Speaking Ambition Coaching. And here on Ambition to Impact, the show that I host, we explore elements of personality and behaviour that allow people to confidently and authentically excel in your career, in finance, tech, in data-driven positions. It's all about how we can be more human, how we can be great leaders in a very data-driven field. Today, we're talking about exactly that. As you might have heard already, we are talking to Benjamin Hagus from Neum. Benjamin has just been, as we spoke, <laughs> promoted to Chief Operating Officer of Europe and the Middle East at Neum. And they, as they say, actually, I love this on their website, they, they have the element that makes fintech go. All in all, they're a powerful platform for global payments. And you can really sense the energy that is not only in what they do, but who they are. And this is something I'm looking at. It isn't just Neam, it's Benyam and the journey he's been on. He started his, his career, as it were, his, his accounting life, started out at a big four, like many, many people who launch in. And during our chat, we talk about the fact that because of that environment at a big four, by, by about 24, 25, even younger than that, 23, you're already getting into leadership roles and starting to manage people and starting to be a bit of a people leader and getting those skills. And really, he was on the partnership track, on heading towards audit and that life. But suddenly, his career took a, hu a huge turn. Adventure was calling. Because <laughs> whereas he started out at, at one of the big four, he then went on to one of the big payment companies. And then he is now finding himself in a fast changing environment as a leader in, again, a very fast growing fintech. So what caused this change? What, what happened for him? Well, we're going to find out in this interview. So do keep listening because there are some really great insights and it really tells you a lot about not only how you can really carve a career to suit who you are and your values um, and what you want to be, but also some really exciting lessons and valuable lessons as a leader, either if you are a leader and what actually could help your team to grow and what what could be interesting to hear from someone else from his perspective and what their leaders did for them or his leaders did for him. But also, you know, what suits and the different kind of roles in finance that we get. I mean, as I say, 
it is very fast paced, so fast paced. When I spoke to Benyam, he was in a different role. <laughs> and, and then within within a couple of weeks and us recording this, um, he was promoted to COO. So that is incredible. The fact that actually there's so many places he can go with it. The role is going to change and constantly adapt as the business does. I really hope you enjoy. Do listen on. Now, if you're listening right now, next week I am running a valued skills festival. So it is about all of those essential leadership skills do get in touch and have a look at the website www.speakingambition.com forward slash festival we've got three speakers me included myself nick elson who is one of the uk's best speakers on anxiety and mental health and performance and also from mike jones from better happy who is ex-military and runs better happy which is about employee motivation engagement and well-being and he's doing a session on how to be a leader and manage your well-being as well as managing the well-being of the people you lead. So we have got several sessions, how to develop your influence and impact as a leader, which I'm running. I'm doing coaching skills for leaders. We've got Mike doing uh, leading through well-being, and that's just on day one. On day two, we've got my data storytelling talk, which I call Make the Numbers Talk. So do come along to that because I'm going to go through how to create a narrative from data and things to look out for and structures We've then got Nick, who's going to be speaking. It's a great title, this, A Ride Across the Badlands, How to Manage Your Mental Health as a Leader and That of Others, which has really been predominant the last couple of years, hasn't it, in terms of just managing anxiety and uh, fast-changing environments and just really being in tune to what you need. It, It really is wonderful how aware people are being about how essential that is. Um, later on in the day, I'm going to be covering how to engage and motivate with different personality types. And then later, I'm going to be doing my how to excel at presentations. There's a lot there and it's all founded in neuroscience. It's all founded in personality and behavioral skills and also performance skills in terms of how to really engage other people and how to be really authentic and, and how to bring who you are at the forefront of everything you do which is what we're all about here at ambition to impact (laughs) so in the meantime if you're enjoying the show so far what i'd really invite you to do is to first of all leave a review second of all i'd love you to really get this out there do spread the word and share with any colleagues you think might find interesting and get in touch if you think there's a topic you would like me to cover. Is there a skills session that you'd like me to do on the podcast? Let me know. Uh, get in touch at alex at speakingambition.com or find me on LinkedIn over at Alexandra Bond Burnett and you'll find me there. <laughs> okay, on with the show, guys. <laughs> Tell us more about you and your recent big news. Thank you. So thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So yes, I got promoted last week to, it's a long title, Europe and Middle East Chief Operating Officer of Neom last week, which is great. I've only been in the company for four or five months. I joined as UFFD of Neom in August, which is great. It's a super exciting company. Um, my background before that was 11 years in a big four, looking at audit in London and I moved to New York for two and a half years, which was great. After leaving there, I spent just more, a bit more than two years in a big payments company as well um, as the UK controller, a bit of a broader role than that, before Neom. 
Fantastic. Paint me a picture at the moment. You've gone from big four to say big payments company, and you're now with this fast growing fintech now. What is the focus for you personally in, in your career at the moment? I mean, for me, it's all about growth, right? This is a stage of my career where I need to continue growing. I'm very fortunate and that I've got an expanding role now. So I'm not just learning about finance. So my role kind of covers two things now, covers finance and sort of broader within driving the strategy of DM and pushing things forward in Europe. So I really want to focus on my own growth to make sure I'm learning about the other areas and try to drive that strategy. Whilst also, you know, we're all in the company pushing towards the same goal, which is just coming to grow, you know, see how how we progress and that's what we want to be doing. So it's grow for me and it's grow for the company as well. What does, can I break that down a bit? Like what, what does growth look like to you? What does that mean to you? So me, I think I spent a long time in a big four company. So I spent 11 years there and I never really thought I would leave. So I was very much on, a, on an escalator and working towards partner, thinking about that would be my long-term aim. And then there was a point, there was a point in my career when I thought, actually, I would like to have a broader experience, look for something a bit different than just being in pure audit, which is what led me to going out into a, into a large industry role, was to just try and try and become more of a rounded individual to start with. So I started a rounded finance person to start with, which was key to my, my previous role. And now it's it's to become more around a professional because I don't just do finance now. Now, because I have this role where I'm supporting compliance or supporting an ops and HR integration, I have that chance to really drive the company forward in Europe, which is amazing at this point in my career. So, I mean, in talking of this point in your career, I mean, what led you here? I mean, I know where you've come and the journey you've, you've explained the journey that you started on, but looking at the type of company you're with now, what, what led you to this point in your career? So I, I would really talk about the success of my last role. Mm-hmm. So in my last role, that was a huge jump for me. And I think a huge jump for a lot of people, having been very established, very comfortable in a big four environment and going into an industry role and being in a senior position in the industry. I never really thought I would leave. And that was a big challenge for me just to go to industry and prove that I could be successful there because you never really feel like you, maybe others will disagree. You never really feel like you can be successful in a different space because you're so used to that world. In that time in the, in the large company I was at, I was successful and I built strong relationships and I, and I learned a lot and I had good mentors around me who helped, helped and, and mold my success. And that, help drive my confidence and made me believe that actually I could do more than where I was at, that I could, you know, put my head above the power pet and try and be the leader that I wanted to be. And at Neum, I knew and felt when I spoke to people and had interviews that I would have that chance to step out from the pack and kind of have the success and have the, the tough times that go with it. So that's kind of what drove me to, to where I am now. I love that. So it sounds like early on, you had a really clear idea. You just said to be the leader that I wanted to be. So at what point, you know, growing, especially being nurtured in the big, in big four kind of environment, at which point did you think there is, I have an expectation of the type of type of leader I want to be. And how did you get clarity on that? There were, I think when you're in that kind of environment, in that big four environment, you're very lucky in that you have leadership roles quite early in your career. 
quite junior in your career. You'll lead teams after three, four years, so generally 24, 25. Um, but you'll also have leaders with our partners above you who will also be 34, 35 and not, you know, not so different from you. And I was fortunate to work with some outstanding leaders who could, who I looked at and thought, I like part of the way that you're doing this, part of the way that you lead this, and don't like certain things that you do, and could start to build my own leadership style from taking some different pieces of, of what they did and what they liked. One of the big, the big points for me was vulnerability. So I worked with one of the partners who's really open about him himself, what, what drove him, why he wanted to be in this kind of environment. And that made us, made me gravitate towards him. And I love that in a leader. And so that's one of the, one of the things that I really take from him. What do you, what do you think that vulnerability brings to, to the finance function? I think it makes you human, right? In finance, you're an accountant and sometimes that can get a bad reputation and that you just, you know, you can just be, or you're, especially an audit, you're an auditor. And so you're a boring auditor, but actually when you start to see that, you know, you show your personality, you show who you are. That's what people want to see. That's what people want to follow and people want to work with. Somebody who can who can bring change and wants to and is that leader and, and will take those chances because I think when you're in a finance function, it's very easy to just be seen as a policeman and just say, No, we can't do this, we can't do that. But to try and help the business grow and help us develop all of us, I think that's a that's an exciting part. That's that connectivity. I mean, do you think that's more being human in that role? Do you think that's more important now than it has been before? Because sometimes there's that element of not only technical prowess and then there's leadership skills. And, and now we're even getting more into the technical and digital skills in terms of finance careers. What do you think has been pivotal for you and where you are now? So I think that when you, uh, at this point, I think what happens is when you've had the background I have, the technicals are given, so no one's going to interview and ask you how IFRS 9 works, how a derivative works. No one's going to ask you that question, generally not. What they're going to try and do and, see, and understand is if you have the right culture fit, if you fit in terms of what the company wants. They, will, they already expect you to know how the accounting rules work. They just want to see if you're the right person who can you know, deliver what they want. If you've had that experience of delivering big projects, you know, growing a team, you, know, you can't just always just fire on the team. Can you... You know, nurture individuals in the team. Can you upskill and can you see where we can drive the uh, company forward? So, for me, I think that's that's the biggest thing now. It's it's around you as a person and showing that side. Do you know what I, lo- I love? What you're saying in terms of like nurturing people and and it is that sense of <laughs> the accounting's a given. <laughs> that's a given, but it's what you bring to the table. So this has given me a great opportunity to really ask you. Okay. Talking about the leader that you wanted to be, who is that leader? What, what are, how do you bring the strengths out of other people and what is your style? I always think it's hard to say what your own style is. Like you, so you need somebody else in the room to kind of say what your own style is. I think I just truly try and be authentic. I try to, and I think I've done that more and more as I've, as I've grown and into my roles and promoted is, just to be more authentic, just to be me and show that, that there isn't a facade, that there isn't a, I'm not hiding behind a, a lot of things. I just show who I am as a person because that's, that's the easiest way to connect with, with somebody is not to think about grade, but just try to connect and talk about, you know, be open about your family life, be open if you've got to be sick to look after your kids or, you know, you've got to go to here or fly here, whatever you've got to do, just be an open person because 
ultimately that's what you want. You want to connect with somebody on a personal level and then you'll start to, you'll put in the extra hours, you'll do the extra yards when that person needs help. And I think that's a huge, that's a huge benefit when you've got that trust in your team and they've got trust in you as well. It, I think, yeah, yeah, that trust is absolutely essential. And, and I mean, I, I always say this when I'm, if I'm coaching, especially on like public speaking or something like that, it's if you show up as anything other than authentic, then we, we smell it. We, we can, we can tell. And that's what makes us unsure, especially if you're representing financial data. I always think those things, but it's funny when you say, you say that it's hard to talk about your own personal style. So I'm wondering if I could flip that round at you and, and talking about that trust and vulnerability, what would your team say about what you do for them? Do you think? I would, I would hope my team would say that uh, I support them, that I stand next to them and that when, when that I, I share the success and I should share the pain. So I think audit, being an audit, I think gives you that, that opportunity. So when you're in an audit, in the big audit, like I was on, you know, thousands of hours of work, it's all about, it's about everyone's one hour or 10 minutes that they did, right? Everything leads up to defining the, the opinion and you, are, you have to be the leader that brings that all together. So you have mm. to be the one that, you know, nurtures the new graduate and works with a partner to get things done. You have to show that you can be the leader that can bring us all together as a group. And so I would hope my team say that I celebrate the success when we sign an opinion or when we close a deal or whatever we did that was successful, did, did a better reporting. And that when it got tough and things weren't going well, that I wasn't there pointing fingers. I was there with them at 11.59 trying to get things done before midnight closure. And, I, and I've done that. And I would hope my team would, would recognize that and feel that I would do that for them because that's, that's what I saw in the besties around me. Well, they were there when I needed them and they weren't their pointy fingers. They were there with their sleeves rolled up. That's what you want all in it together. Kind of. So yeah. I love that image image of sleeves rolled up. We're going, going to it. Exactly. Are there any particular like tactics or strategies in, in terms of like your, your leadership style and, or, or just uh, managing your team that you, you'd say absolutely hands down are the best things to do with the team. I think. I think it evolves. So when you're at big four, sometimes you're, you're around people who are, you know, generally younger in their career or junior mm -hmm. in their career. You could, and there was a point you could just take them out for beers and that would be enough to keep them happy, right? You would just do that on a Friday and that would be enough. Now, as you are, as I'm working with more senior people and more grown up people who have families and have lives, I think what, what inspires them is that there's, I, I think that I have the trust in them. That I believe I'm not going to watch them whether they turned up at nine nine oh one or whether they were left at four o'clock. There's a trust that they will do what is needed to get done, and we will do it as a group. And and I because and I, I think that's really important to my own life. Like I have the trust of my leaders that if I want to go and drop my daughter late at nursery or one of the, the one of the boys that I have is sick, they won't ask me and they won't video and check that they're sick. They'll believe that I'll still get it done and I'll deliver. And I think that's such a big impact on my life that I have that flexibility and that trust that I want my team to feel the same. I remember you, we spoke before and I know that you said also actively encouraging mentoring and coaching. How did 
you build on those skills and how did you develop those skills to bring out this this kind of stepping up arms rolled up you know sleeves rolled up um, mentality in your team I think because I've had it for such a such a long time I think that that idea right that I mean I had the first person really working kind of in a team where I was responsible for them you know when I was 23, that first year into a one year at PwC, you get a new graduate and you've got to show them where the printer is, you've got to tell them where to get coffee and you tell them how to do certain tasks. And you, you build your style from there. And I think that's when I started to really look at it. And I remember some of my first leaders standing up in front of me and using like a whiteboard as a tool to try and teach. And they thought that was a good style, but half the room didn't like it, half liked it. And just start trying to see one of the right times to to flex your styles in different situations, especially now where you're in so much more of a much more of a casual environment in a fintech versus a investment bank in 2009 when it was all suits and everybody was very tight and you know corporate. Now it's a much more of a relaxed, comfortable environment, but you have to be careful about how you are you're still showing the same skills. For you personally, what was the difference being in that more you know, suits structure to a more relaxed. I mean, I mean, I've worked with fintechs. You know, I have my my set trainers that I wear yeah. when I'm yeah. going <laughs> versus yeah. if I'm going into a bank or something. <laughs> um, you know, I have my heels on, different kind of thing. And I'm not not talking about the clothing, but of course, just what what that does for you. Is there a difference? Do you think, or there's, there's has a huge difference? There's a huge difference. I think. Um, I mean, now we're, we're comfortable with it, right? COVID brought this world now where you're much more comfortable being in a jumper and hoodie or you don't really mind. But if you go back a little bit before the inevitable change, when you were in, you felt more more even par when you were all in, I felt, when you were all in jeans and a t-shirt. It didn't feel so different when compared to a partner who's in a, you know, nicely tailored suit or in a very, you felt that you should be much, sitting up much more upright, that you would talk in a very set way and you would look in a very set way in that kind of environment whereas now if you take over the side you you can be more more you you can show who you are you know you can show who you are the personality and and what makes you different and interesting because i think that's what's what's key you don't want to have a whole group of the same person in your team you want to have a group of people who have different experiences and different different things they can bring to the table in terms of bringing different things to the table, you've looked a lot about what you've done and how that that culture has affected you today. But as you as you said at the beginning of this, is that you're on a bit of a mission at the moment for high growth. And now last year, Niam, who you're who you're working with now, and you've just been promoting this incredible role. I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of an ask for you yeah. <laughs> as yeah. you step yeah. into this. So last year, Neon reached unicorn status. You've got some hyper growth that stage now. Some There's definitely some sleeves rolled up. So what challenges lie ahead of you now in terms of being a leader? I think you, you we're really going into an unknown as a company. We know what we want to do. We know what our goals are, but it's going to be an unf- like, not everybody has taken a company from where Neom were or Exaris were recent acquisition to to you know a huge multi-million company essentially listed that that the whole position is very far away from where we are now in terms of you know a year ago as a unicorn now we start to be able to hire better talent right you can start to hire better people people start
start to want to be associated with a brand and then we have you know nice nice logo and nice t-shirts and people want to wear them because they want to be associated with neom as a company now and i think what i'm doing now and i, and I had this conversation with my team yesterday is our my expanding role gives my team an opportunity it gives them a chance to push me out from the day-to-day -day work push me out of areas to allow them to grow and develop and that they should see that and i hope they see that as an opportunity for them to, to grow and develop and build their own careers because in, in my especially in my previous role that growth i was that room i was allowed for my leader my immediate boss allowed me to grow because I was, I was given that chance to grow in the role. So me, my role expanding and my, my um, responsibility changing should give the people beneath me that chance. And I hope they take it. That this is, this is, this is why you want to be in a FinTech, why you want to be in a growing company. You want to learn, you want to grow. It's not going to be slow pace. It's going to be fast. So you have to, you have to be excited for that, excited for that change. There's that excitement and it really sounds like you, I mean, not just you, but also the culture about where you are. It really fosters that sense of excitement and, and that's really developed. What has been a significant contributor in terms of your, your personal or professional development to get you to where you are to overcome these challenges? So one of the, the feedbacks I had when I was quite junior in grade was I was very quick to answer questions. So I just you know, respond, boom, 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 quickly respond. And one of the team managers pulled me aside and said, the partner's asking you a question. He doesn't want the easy answer. You have to look and listen to what he's actually asking, asking you. You're just answering quickly. Take a moment, mm -hmm. listen to what he's asking and try and get to the point of where he's getting what he wants, what he's asking really. And now, and that is a big thing as I've grown is trying to look beyond the simple answer and why we would why we would make the steps why would we do this acquisition why would we want to quicken our financial reporting what's the benefit of it not just oh it's easier because we could take on more work but what does that say about us as an organization if we can close our reporting faster if we can uh, you know audit reports can go out quicker if we can show better return on our investment what does that mean to the market and what why why is that important from when we're talking to our leaders rather than just say, oh, they would like it to save time. You know, not, not the quick answer. So I'm sorry, just trying to think through why it would be beneficial. And I think that's a big, a big thing that has, has helped me in my career. I love that. I've had it, we're working with people where they've had emphasis on, I've got to answer quickly. And some people think that when they're in a, you know, in a meeting or something that actually they've got to show up and speak up and, and be really sharp, which of course is seen as a real positive, but it sounds wonderful that someone actually took the time to say, let's dig that down a bit more. Yeah. And that's had a, a, a massive impact on you. Yeah, it has. It has a huge impact. It has a huge impact because as you grow in your career and you get role gets broader, you talk to people who have very different perspectives. So when you, when you talk to somebody in the treasury function, you have to understand where they're coming from and why they're asking that question and how it could impact on their role. Or what they're going to do or the next step for them where sometimes it's very easy to say well that's, you know that's why we have to do it but not really understanding why they're getting to that question and as you work you know as you go from being an auditor to a controller slash business partner to being a cfo and then to being a cro you're now part of the people trying to define how the business should go and so you need you need to be able to think in a 
strategic and different way rather than just saying it needs to get done that won't get that won't get you anywhere sounds it sounds like the classic yeah don't just tell them but you have to show you have to understand you have to have to dig 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 right down and yeah as you say be more strategic with the the conversation and the relationship I love that element of that so moving moving forward what can you tell me more about there's the the company mission and how is your role now going to step and contribute to that mission well Neom's all about making seamless payments that's what they what Neom want to do we want to be the number one firm that you look for that you've got, we've got multiple different products that you can use, make it seamless, make it easy for you to use our products, to pay in, pay out, to use our VTC, our virtual cards. That's what Neon wants to be. Neon wants to be the face. If you now are in San Francisco, you'll see the big billboards that are up now. If you are watching the cricket or the cricket's finished now, but when you watch the cricket, you see the big logo out there. That's what you want. That's what, what the idea is for Neon, is to grow and be at the forefront. And for me, as personally, Neom has now started to have much more investment in Europe. You know, Xyrest, the mm-hmm. recent acquisition in August, was is a big part of the business. And I, I feel that me and the leadership team in Europe now have the opportunity to really make the company global. Because mm-hmm. you have a company that started in Southeast Asia and now it's growing and it's growing and it's growing. And now in Europe, we bought a big business. And that business can now contribute significantly to the growth of the company. And we can be a hub in our own right. We can be every company in our own right. I mean, that's what Exaris was. And Neom in Europe will, will continue to grow. And that's what I think is very exciting about Neom at the moment, is that you can start to build it and push the boundaries and build it. It's not coming into a very stable function, but that also comes with its, you know, its risks and rewards. You have to be able to pivot and, you know, your your day will change drastically day to day and are you comfortable to pivot and do that and i think that's exciting because i think it's boring i think it's super exciting but you have to believe that that's exciting and not stressful because someone's going to see it in a different way so there's something about you isn't it i mean you're just your uh, you lit up you're so enthusiastic the way that you speak about this you're so passionate about the way you you speak about neem and what what is happening right now and and the growth and who you are and who you stand for and that's an incredible thing and it's clear that also um the ability f- for the unknown is actually like anything could happen is something that quite it fires you up which is interesting having also been you know having started out in audit do you think your motivation has changed through your career i think so i think i had very clear goals when i was more junior in my career i had very clear expectations of what i thought my future would look would look like and my, the middle role between this and Neon was very clear in, in broadening my horizons. You know, I remember the first, the first conversation I had was somebody said, do you want to be a CFO? I remember that first conversation. And I said to her, no one's ever asked me that question before. They've only ever asked me if I want to be an audit partner. So I don't really have an answer to you. I need to go and think about whether that's really something I want to do because you're just so focused on that one goal. And so, and that was really key to my career was making the, the right step when I, when I took that step because it, it saved me not just a number of years, but it, it really changed my perspective on my career, that middle role. So I, and that, that would be a, a big piece of advice is that 
Big Four is a great place to be. I really enjoyed it. If you are going to leave, you have to make sure you're going to the place, a right place, do your research and be calm and, and measured when you do it. Mm, that's a great one because it can be, I've known a, you know, quite a few people who've left that, the kind of loving envelope of a big floor and it's such a such a huge institution that you're you're raised in as well if you've gone from like graduation and and that and it's so powerful that it must be quite daunting to actually leave it and it, it uh, definitely it definitely is i i do i will always remember when i was leaving the building on my last day handing my pass in thinking i'm not really sure what's going to happen after this and that was terrifying and exciting at the same time because I was so used to, even when I moved, even when I went on to comment from London to New York, I knew what I was doing. I'd already been to New York. I was moving on to an engagement team where I knew half of the team, so I was never concerned. And similarly, when I came back, I was not worried. I knew a number of the team members coming back in. But handing in your pass, handing in your laptop and going to an industry role where I didn't know anyone in the company, really by, by one person, was very scary and very hard and i and i i worked really hard at it when i went into it and i did a lot of research to make sure i went to the right place because when i walked out of the building i wanted to make sure that i was going to the right place and that it would work out for me so oh there's so many questions there that i want to ask you but i'm also getting wary of the time it sounds like you've had this amazing experience it's given you such a wealth of um information and and what you can do with that so i'd love to know given given these experiences that have led to where you are today and as you're saying that it sounds like that excitement of terror being there handing in your yeah. key card you said it was you started saying it's terrifying but also exciting so there's obviously oh. something early on where you were going yes i'll get a bit more of that a bit more of that excitement yeah, exactly. the unknown because because that kind of can be scary part of finance it you know is. it's such a regularity there's such and I, and I think you need and i think it depends what stage you are in your life when it's very easy to go into a very stable finance role straight out of a big four or even you know a second or third job that will give you that will help you a lot sometimes to be in a stable role at that point in your life but it depends who you are as a person i wanted to challenge I wanted to go to the, my second job where I thought I could bring change. Mm. Even though it was a big company, I wanted to go in and continue the story of my CV. And that was always a, always a big thing for me. I wanted my CV, I wanted to go to my next interview with a good story, continuing the good story that I started. I didn't want it to stagnate. I wanted the story to continue to make sense. That, mm. was, that was also another a big thing for me when leaving before is that I wanted to go into a role and then on my following interview be able to explain why and wh why I wanted to do that I love that so this is the big question though this is the the leading for the as we as we exit out of the the podcast I guess is with this new adventure ahead of you and your team you've told us about how, what you believe in and in terms of your leadership style and and the challenges that lie ahead of you personally what are you going to be doing in the next six to 12 months for yourself and your team to prepare you in in terms of your your skills your development what are you looking at doing so what I'm trying to do is some of the things that my leaders do with me mm -hmm. so I am trying to bring more structure to our conversations that I have with my team so that they have, they have my 
undivided attention at certain points in the day, which gives them that that window where you know that if it's urgent, you can get hold of me, but you know if you need my focus time, there'll always be that slot in my day. And I mm -hmm. think that for me helps me significantly with my leaders because I don't have to go around chasing them in the day. I, I know that things can wait for my slots and then we, we will have that time and it will work. And that really helps me structure my day and it helps me structure my life ultimately on the back of it because I know these are the points, the touch points that I'll have with my leaders. And so what I'm trying to show to my team over the next six to 12 months is that they will have the same access to me as I have to my leaders. That they will always be the same. That I will try and structure myself in a way that can support them. And also giving them the opportunity to to step into my shoes where they can. So I lead, lead meetings which I've been leading and show they have knowledge of the business that they, show them that, show the leaders that they have knowledge of the business that they, that they do. Sounds like you've mastered the art of letting people in and, and delegating. Yeah, you have to have the right, you have, you have to, that's why, the, you know, the, the interview process and finding the right team is really hard. It's, it's really hard because if you don't have the right team beneath you, it's really difficult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's a challenge even today, isn't it, in terms of there's, there's a whole different conversation about talent uh, and finding the right talent. But it sounds like you guys, you as a as a person on your own and also the, the organization, the company are very clear on the values that you have and the, the ambitions you have as well. And that that's really a really powerful driver for you guys as well. I mean, do you what would you say your values are? I don't know. I, 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 I do think for me trust is a, is a really big thing trust is a huge thing a huge part of who i am as a person how i am with my family who i am at work trust is a huge part of who i am as a person and i need to feel that i can trust my team to to do what is needed to be done you know, to hold themselves to account to try their very best it's never going to be perfect but i trust that they're working as they can and living as they can trust is a huge value for me and then the other thing is to be authentic. Mm -hmm. I am I am a family man now. I have three kids. I need to do nursery drop-offs. I need to be around. I need to, and I want to be relevant in their lives. So I don't hide that. And I'm open to that and share that with the people around me. And that's wonderful, <laughs> isn't it? You say, as you say, that sometimes the old-fashioned, I, I say old-fashioned, you know, but back it was very much like you turn up to work, it's not personal, you know, you leave it, leave it at the door. I mean, just before we jumped on this call, you know that I had the, my son's school, school on the phone and I was like, oh, what do I do here? Thankfully, you know, hopefully it's okay. We have to think about those things now, don't we? We have to, it is, if we're going to be, <clears throat> I suppose if the, you can't not bring those things in if you're going to be chasing truth and seeking truth. And, you know, on that, on that mission for vulnerability and, and for, for showing people who you really are and being authentic. So I, I 100% yeah. agree. I think I had, I had my daughter at home yesterday. It was a really simple example. And she was in and around me for most of the day. And I was not embarrassed about that. She waved at every person. She was happy in almost all my calls and it worked fine. I had a bunch of conversations and she was there and around and I delivered what I needed to do, but it was not. Odd. I was not ashamed of it. It was a very normal thing to do now. And COVID has given us that opportunity. That, and I didn't hide her or her being at home from my team or my boss. Equally, they both saw her. Equally, they both waved at her. And I think <laughs> that, but that's the point. That's what you want to be. That, you know, I, this is who I am and this is who I am. And this is what we've got to do at this time. 
and she's at home. So that's what's going to happen. It's, it's so inclusive as well, because it's not just you. That's for oh, this is for so many people with different um, expectations of what they bring to the table, what their family situations are, what they're what they're what they've got going on at home, and and you have to bring all of that as who you are, like to the table, professionally still, but bring it to the table as who you are to to achieve that high growth and to achieve great things this has been fantastic thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story yeah thank you so much thank you cheers thank you so much for listening today i'd love to know what you found valuable and what you took away from the show uh you can either leave a review always very much appreciated if you're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, But also you can share your comments, any thoughts, feedback with me directly at alex at speakingambition.com or come and find me over at LinkedIn. I'm there under Alexandra Bomburnett, Twitter uh, underscore speak ambition or Instagram again, Alexandra Bomburnett. So if you are looking for some help drop me a message, get in touch, send your contact details over um, and you can find my details and details of the scorecard in the show notes and and about our lovely guest as well. So do check out anything in there. I'll make sure it's all listed for you. And if what I talk about resonates with you and you really love what I have to say, I I invite you to get in touch to see how we can work together. And that could be one-to-one coaching. That could be through my personal impact accelerator program for uh, data-driven finance and tech professionals. Or I can help you and your organization across different levels, working on your communication influence and understanding how to motivate different personalities with data and through change. Drop me an email at alex at speakingambition.com and we can have a chat. We can get to know each other. On that note, take care everybody and remember to be really conscious about the way that you influence. Take care.